there are thousands of men and women who are co-parenting. There are many struggles to co-parenting, and I'm excited about today's guest because she is a co-parenting strategist. Join me for Power Fuel Living. for joining me for Power Fuel Living. I am here with Tammy Daughtry and Tammy has written a book called Co-Parenting Works, Helping Your Children Thrive After Divorce. Tammy, I love the title of that book, mm, Thriving you. After Divorce. Yes. Divorce is very hard on children. Oh, it is. It's hard on kids, it's hard on parents, hard on the whole family. Now, you are a counselor, and so is this how you began to develop your expertise in co-parenting, or is this personal? Well, it's both. Okay. Um, give you this short story. I grew up in a um, co-parented family. Mm -hmm. My parents divorced after I just turned one, so I had an awesome stepmom in my life story, and, um, but my parents were divorced, and so I had a lot of experience as a kid. So my hope, honestly, was I wanted to be the one who never got divorced, who had the 40, 50 year marriage. You've just celebrated your 30 years. Yes. So mm -hmm. I wanted to be like that. And so my plan was I will never get divorced. Uh, so about 17 years ago, I went through a divorce. Um, I had a daughter who was one and her dad and I came to a fork in the road after eight years of marriage, five years of counseling, and we were becoming co-parents. And so I was looking for resources on how to co-parent well how to learn from people five and ten years ahead of me on how to uh, raise raise a daughter in a good environment, not not uh, have an ongoing war, not mm -hmm. put her in the middle, a lot of the things that commonly happen after divorce. And so um, I actually was an event producer in the music industry, thought I'd retire doing events, and then uh, life took a different turn. So 16, 17 years later, I'm now a marriage and family therapist, uh, wrote a book called Co-Parenting Works, Helping Children Thrive After Divorce, as you mentioned. And we have a counseling center in Nashville, but we actually travel and speak all around the country just trying to bring a voice to this topic for parents so yeah. that they recognize uh, what's most critical for children and uh, kind of be their voice so mom and dad can find healthier ways to co-parent. So That's I am great. a co-parent and I'm a co-parenting strategist yeah. as well. So you mentioned what's most critical. So what is most critical for children? I would honestly say the freedom to love mom and dad both. Oh, that's good. Because as parents go through a dissolved marriage, um, of course they dissolve for lots of reasons, but no matter who's at fault or what happened in the marriage, the children still have an inside desire to love mom and dad both. Yeah. And often parents get caught up in their own pain and sure. justified anger, you know, and things that didn't go well, but sometimes that can... Um, of cue the children that it's not okay to love mom or it's yeah. not okay to love take dad. sides yeah yeah and so it's a, it's a tough emotional journey in that transition but i always say the number one thing is to remember that children have one heart in two homes yeah and how they walk that out in their childhood will determine so much about their future oh i love that i love that one heart in two homes i have come across many women who were so wounded and angry at their spouse or their ex-spouse, ex-husbands sure. or ex. Mm -hmm. And they would literally keep 
the child from him. Sure. Berate the man, you know, and just and, and, and just really try to turn the child against right. him. And and unfortunately that is a common thing that yeah. happens. I mean when, when we get hurt, we tend to respond in anger yeah. and many times hurting parents hurt their children because they're still so angry at their ex. Right, right. And that's in the bigger picture. You know, I try to remind parents that um, if your child had cancer, I know you would want to know the research, you'd want to know the statistics, you'd want to get ahead of it to figure out how to slow that, that cancer down. And so what I tell parents that are especially really still angry and hurting is that your children can have emotional cancer mm -hmm. after divorce or mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we stay in that place of hostility and anger and um, unresolved stuff between mom and dad, that on the long run will really impact our children in a negative way. So sure. I, I try to, I get a lot of, honestly as a counselor, I get a lot of moms who come in and they think, hey, she's a female therapist, I'm going to go tell her and we're going we're gonna to stick it to him. Yeah. And actually they're un sometimes dis disappointed because yeah. I challenge them that no matter how bad he was as a husband, no matter what mistakes he made, your children still need the freedom to love him yes. and to enjoy a relationship with him if he's safe and if he's healthy. Right. right. And so in, in some cases, and, and there's a couple chapters in the book, we talk about you know, co-parenting. What if my ex is unsafe? Mm -hmm. Because certainly some families come through abuse mentally sure. and physically. Um, and sometimes, you know, one or the other parent just checks out. Sometimes you're co-parenting alone. Um, so we dig into those deep topics, but in general, we try to help parents understand the difference between um, um, a co-parent who's unsafe or who's angry. Yeah, oh, and that's try to so help good. the parents get that's past that so anger good. so yeah. that their kids yeah. don't have to carry that forward. Yeah, I, you know, I've had to also um, deal with some people who had the dad Mm -hmm. who couldn't move on mm. and so then the mom was this that and the other you know growing up and so as adult children they struggle with relationships with their mom mm. and so and of, of course this is vice versa it goes all the ways but you mentioned the cancer that the child emotional cancer that the child can experience but when do parents get to the point where they say, okay, I need to deal with this? Sure. Well, I always say, no matter what, even if you're um, cooperative and you're getting along as you divorce, we all need to handle our stuff. Yeah. And so I really encourage parents to get some counseling, to go to divorce care, to enlist some 3 a.m. friends, people that will walk with them through the journey. Oh, I not, love that. <laughs> not just be the yes person. Right, You know, right. or adding to the to the angst, but the person who really is a safe, healthy person to say, hey, I'm hurting, hey, I'm really angry. Um, I see my, my former spouse is getting remarried and moving on with their life, and I'm really struggling. We, we need people to, to walk that out with, because sure. if we do it in isolation, we can get stuck. Okay, so you, you have the co-parents. You have one parent who is willing, the mom, let's just take for example, she wants mm -hmm. the ex to be involved with the children, but the ex chooses not to be. How can she handle that? Sure. Well, a big part of being a healthy co-parent is just having a healthy mindset. 
because we can't control the other person. You know, we can't make them get involved. We can't make them respond or stop being negative, if that's the case. But how we handle it is probably 70 to 80 percent of how it will impact our kids. So um, for, the, for the parent, either side, mom or dad, who is dealing with a really angry ex who continually uh, degrades them, maybe undermines their parenting, you know, if they have boundaries at this house and the other one says, oh, you don't, you don't have to do that. You don't have bedtime here. You don't have to do your homework. Um, mom says this, well, I say different. For those kinds of dynamics, I say to the one who is willing to, to stay in the lane of being a healthy, stable, engaged parent, still giving your children the freedom to love the other person and not adding to the angst is important, but then helping your children recognize that sometimes there's going to be differences. At mom's house, we have these boundaries, and it may be different at dad's house. And not that we're okay with it or we think that's the best way, but we, we really can't control that other environment unless it becomes a safety issue. You know, sure. I always put that asterisk there. If mm -hmm. our we have to know our children are physically and emotionally safe at the other house. But um, often parents kind of play war with each other through bedtime and access to computer yeah. and yeah. digital yeah. games you know I want to be the favorite exactly <laughs> and the favorite is not always the healthiest mindset right. in co-parenting and so to the one that's dealing with somebody who's really angry who's difficult who you know is putting you down behind your back I just say take the high road keep taking the high road and don't add to the junk with your children don't badmouth them yeah you know, don't yeah. badmouth the other parent to your children um, still say good things about that person to your children. The characteristics. Sure, there has to be a, 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 a good quality somewhere yeah. you stayed with that person, right? You fell in love with that person. Sure. Concentrate on those things. And, and that's tough, and that's a very selfless, intentional decision. Yeah. And I also tell parents a lot of what is healthy in co-parenting isn't always what's said, but what's left unsaid. Because sometimes we could have a long list of how come to tell our kids about maybe a pattern of behavior, um, a situation that's difficult. We could easily say, well, it's because your dad or it's because your mom, but that's not helpful. And so we always try to bring back to center what is going to help the children heal, what's going to help them grow into a young adult yes. who's going to emerge and have a healthy, uh, hopefully lifelong relationship of their own. And I'll give you a really quick story of mm -hmm. someone named John Trent. He's a national um, speaker. He's an advocate for healthy marriage. He's probably written a dozen books on healthy family and marriage. He's from a broken home. His dad left when he was two and he never met him again until he was in his 50s. Well his mom always spoke well of John's dad to him. She told him good things about his character. She also talked to him about her hope for John to have a lifelong marriage even though she couldn't be the example. She, she upheld that as the goal. Well, John met his dad later in his life, and he came back to mom and said, Mom, why did you always tell me all this good stuff? You told me my dad, you know, won, had a Purple Heart Award in the military. He won certain awards. You always told me the good stuff. And, and John tells this story, actually, on our, our video curriculum. So I, on his behalf, I say, <laughs> he told his mom, I found out he was a chain-smoking, angry alcoholic. Mm. He, he wasn't all those good things. And she just said, John, as you grew up, I always knew that when you looked in that mirror, you would see two sets of genes looking oh, back at you. Wow. She said, I wanted you to know the very best things about your father so that you could feel the best about yourself. So mm. your self-esteem and your identity as a young man would not be impacted by that negativity. So 
she chose to pick out the good stuff, even wow. when she could have easily, easily wow. said all the negative. So having that mindset that whatever I do and say is always about my children's best outcome, not necessarily always what's fair and what's true, but what's for their best outcome, hopefully will filter out some of that stuff. Well, and she was speaking those things that, that aren't as though they were. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. You know, something else that children deal with, they deal with the breakup, mm -hmm. they feel rejection, and, and a lot of times during the struggle of the marriage or the relationship, they lose that intimacy with, with the, the, usually the father, the dad. Mm -hmm. And then the dad goes into another relationship mm. where there are already children there or they have more children. Sure. How, how do you suggest that's well, dealt with? We try to encourage step parents when you're building a blended family, step family, whatever you want to call it, your next family, the children are not going to necessarily see that in the same way you see it. Right. So maybe it's mom that's already, you know, maybe she's a couple years divorced, she's dating somebody and he has kids. Even if she has her children full time, her own biological children, they may sometimes start to feel like, well, do we still matter? Mom's so happy with this new person and this newer family. So no matter the circumstances, we just try to remind moms and dads, when you move on and you start dating and you bring other adults and other children in the picture don't forget to make sure you still have a deep intentional bond yes. with your bio kids that that if you are remarrying um, and especially for the parent that doesn't have the children um, as much time you know the smallest amount of time when they do come to visit don't lose sight of who they were to you before the the next family came doesn't mean it's all or nothing but to to let yourself still have Maybe a, a date day with dad mm -hmm. or a good. date day with mom. Mm -hmm. Because often kids, you know, on the outside, they're trying to enjoy it, and they probably do. Yeah. But there's still a part that wants to be yeah. seen and heard mm -hmm. and know that they still matter most in the big picture as, as all the families are moving forward. So, And we're in a blended family. My um, husband, Jay, he lost his first wife in a car accident. So 11 years ago, their mom went to heaven. And so as I married Jay... Um, eight years ago, three kids, we blended four total. Um, I wish I had known to make sure that they spent a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with their dad. Mm -hmm. They loved me. I mean, the oldest wrote a, a, a song for the wedding. They were all excited about it. And, and there was such sweet, um, sweet bonding that happened. Yeah. And yet they still longed for alone time with their dad. And that happened once in a while, yeah. but with such a busy family, um, I wish if I had those first two years to do over, that I would have really made sure that he spent one-on-one -on -one time with each yeah. of them on a regular basis. So every family is different, yeah, and, sure. um, but, but slowing down and making sure what, what's happening to the children initially as we divorce, because they're all going to react and adjust differently, and then what happens if we start dating, and then if we do consider remarriage, how does all of that yeah. affect our kids? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we, some people will tend to jump into rebound relationships right away because right. they're hurting yeah. and the first person that comes along and notices how pretty she is or how handsome he is, you know, you, it feels good to be loved sure. again. But don't forget that your kids need, they need time to adjust to all of that. 
yeah. and they're still wondering, well, gosh, mom and dad, I wish they could be back together. There are a group of people who, like you said, they rebound or they get into other relationships where the new relationship, that person does not treat their mm. children well. Mm. What do you say about that? Ooh, I say run. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Fast. I, when I was yeah. um, single again, I was single for eight years, um, I did some dating, and I would actually pay first and most close attention. How did they, if I was dating somebody who had been married previously, how did that person treat their ex? Okay. How did that person speak to their children about their ex? That was really important to me because I did not want, I remember we'll call this gentleman Joe. We'll just say Joe. I remember, you know, just kind of starting to get to know Joe. And he would have these horrible conversations with his ex-wife on the phone right in front of his daughter. And I thought, wait a minute. If that is Red going flag. on right now, <laughs> that means that kind of unresolved anger is going to show up time and time again with yeah. us. And, yeah. and he's not a bad guy, but yeah. I just I say to anybody, man or woman, when you're starting to date again, look at the patterns that, that you bring into it. Mm -hmm. And then if you're considering someone who might be an important part of your family, to really think about have they gotten to a healthy place with their former spouse right. and how will that impact the new marriage. Now see that was a red flag for you but another woman would be like oh good he hates his wife he hates his ex yeah he hates her and make that woman feel good or feel like she's she really has that attachment with him sure not really using the wisdom and seeing the clarity this is still a very angry man mm -hmm. who has some emotional baggage that needs to be dealt with Right. And like you said, if he's doing this in front of the children, he's not being mindful right. of the children. Right. And so that is an absolute red flag. It is. But you will have some women who just take the complete opposite view of it and say, oh, good. Well, the big picture, especially if your kids are, you know, maybe junior high, younger, when you remarry, you're not just marrying that person. Mm -hmm. That person's former person is part of your extended family and that anger and hostility can show up in, in ways that that really can be very destructive and, and I agree some people would think initially oh good that means he's moved on he hates her mm -hmm. he's gonna love me the most but at the core of that kind of character and unresolved conflict I think there's a lot of brewing that could sure. happen that's that's gonna be unhealthy and painful in that new serious and potential marriage so um, we really encourage couples, especially if they're considering blending a family, to go through a premarital process. And we yes. do that, actually, yes. at our counseling center. We work with premaritals all the time. We love it. And we have a 10-week, um, I call it kind of marriage coaching, not so much counseling, but mm -hmm. it's a 10-week thing we take couples through. And there's an online piece, and then there's one-on-one -on -one with my husband and I. And we sit down with these couples and really take a deep dive to see in all you know eight nine different areas of their relationship are they um, compatible and what growth areas do they have and what strengths do they have because sometimes rushing into a happy next marriage there might be red flags that nobody wants to talk about sure. because if we talk about it then maybe it won't work out or, or not even identified because a lot of times you know you're still so vulnerable 
sure. from the breakup and from the transition mm -hmm. that you're not even seeing clearly. Right. And so premarital counseling can absolutely help really uncover some of those yes. uh, red flags as well. And it can give you a lot of confidence yeah. that maybe, you know, if you really do feel like, gosh, we're a healthy match, we've mm -hmm. both, you know, as best we can, we've moved on from our past, we're, we're still co-parenting with our former spouses, coming into that process can really give you confidence that, yeah. okay, we are in a really healthy place. And, um, and we also work with kids a lot. Yeah, too. I was going to ask, do you involve children in these uh, meetings as well? We can. We yeah. certainly can. Yeah. yeah. And, and we work with a lot of single parents and step parents who are in really critical, hard places with their kids, especially oh. their teens. Yeah. And we love working with, with those kinds of families because teens need a safe place to talk. Sure. Uh, mom and dad aren't always, they love mom and dad, but in these divorced and remarried spots of life, it's tough for teens to really be honest and put their heart out there. So we try to kind of be a sounding board to help them process and, and talk about the things that maybe they don't know how to talk about with mom and dad. And then we bring them all together when needed. So. Yeah. This sounds like a great resource. Mm. Oh my gosh. So tell me about some other resources that you guys have. Sure, well we've got the book. Co-Parenting Works, um, then we created a whole digital curriculum, One Heart, Two Homes. We interviewed 33 different people, adult children of divorce, teens of divorce, uh, co-parents. We've, we've got one gal on there that's been co-parenting for 23 years. We interviewed her on you know, what was hard at the beginning, what was hard later. Um, we talked to spe uh, specialists and experts who work with families. So we created this really cool digital curriculum that people can access. Um, January 2018, they'll be able to get it on our website. Right now, you can order it from us, and we'll ship it to you. But mm -hmm. um, So a lot of people go through that privately, but they also host small groups and life groups around it. Um, so it's called One Heart, Two Homes, and it's a really cool resource that I'm thankful we got to produce. Um, about two years ago, it came out. Yeah, it, it sounds great. And so our time is up, and I want to encourage you if you are experiencing any type of dynamic similar to this, what we've discussed, get in touch with Tammy. Look at her resources. We'll have more of her information on the screen. And so, Tammy, as we conclude, yes. what are some last things that you would say for uh, co-parents? Well, as we said in the beginning, children need your permission to love mom and dad both. Um, whatever it takes, whatever hard work it is. Give your kids the freedom to love mom and dad both. And keep in mind that how they will launch in the future into their young adult years, everything you're doing in the day-to-day -day interactions with that other partner, yeah. that's going to impact them drastically. That's such a great point because we have to look at ourselves and understand a lot of our behavior mm -hmm. is learned behavior. Absolutely. What we saw, what we heard, what we felt yes. growing up. And I always say that kids from broken homes, they may be from a broken home, but they do not have to have a broken life. Oh, that's and good. And they take their cue from mom and dad. So yeah. do the hard work, get healthy, get stable, get some resources around your family, because your children can move on to have healthy, traditional, yes, they can. wonderful lives. Yes, they can. Oh, my gosh. Tammy, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Take advantage of these resources that Tammy is offering. Oh, oh, oh.